For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Patterns of Exile and Redemption in Exodus. This is part seven of the series. Such has not been in all the land of Egypt, but it will be in the time to come. When? In the days of Gog and Magog, Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 22, that an overflowing shower and great hailstone, fire and brimstone comes upon Gog and Magog. So in Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 18 and 22, it will come to pass at the same time when Gog will come against the land of Israel, that my fury shall come up in my face. I will plead with him with pestilence and with blood and I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people and overflowing rain great hailstone fire and brimstone what happened in Egypt foreshadows of what will happen in the future now another pattern that we have of exile and redemption is after the ten plagues hit Egypt then the children of Israel came out of Egypt that is a foreshadowing that his people will return from the lands where they've been scattered after he judges the nations or in the midst of judging the nations. Let's look historically how the children of Israel left Egypt after the ten plagues. Exodus chapter 12 verses 29 through 31. It came to pass that at midnight when did it happen? At midnight what does midnight foreshadow? The tribulation. It came to pass at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne under the firstborn of the captive that that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, which foreshadows tribulation. He and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night, foreshadowing the tribulation, and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. So the redemption of his people comes during the tribulation period when he's judging the nations. A nation that gets judged in the end of days in the context of the judgment upon all the nations is there's a judgment that comes upon Babylon. 
In Jeremiah chapter 50, verses 1 and 3 through 5, it is written, The word that the Lord spake against Babylon and against the land of the Chaldeans by Jeremiah the prophet. For out of the north there comes up a nation against her which shall make her land desolate, and none shall dwell therein. They shall remove, and they shall depart, both man and beast. Notice we're told first about a judgment that comes upon Babylon, which is analogous to the judgments that came upon Egypt. What happens after these judgments upon Babylon? Verses 4 and 5. In those days and in that time, which is an idiomatic expression for the end of days, says the Lord, the children of Israel shall come, they and the children of Judah together, going and weeping. They will go and seek the Lord their God. They shall ask the way to Zion with their faces thitherward, saying, Come and let us join ourselves to the Lord in a perpetual covenant that will not be forgotten. Notice, Babylon gets judged, and then his people's leaving Babylon. Jeremiah chapter 51, verses 49 and 50, it is written, As Babylon has caused the slain of Israel to fall, so at Babylon shall fall the slain of all the earth. You who have escaped the sword that comes upon Babylon, once you escape it, once the judgment comes upon Babylon, go away, stand not still, remember the Lord afar off, and let Jerusalem come to your mind. So you leave after judgment, just like in Egypt. After ten plagues, the children of Israel left. We are told that a mixed multitude came out of Egypt with the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Exodus chapter 12, verses 37 and 38, it is written, And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkot, and a mixed multitude went up also with them. This is also a principle of redemption, that when the God of Israel redeems his people, all those who want to be a part of the redemption, he permits to be a part of the redemption. Not just the literal house of Jacob or the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All the whosoevers that want to be a part of it may do so. In the book, From Exile to Redemption, volume 1, page 29, by Rebbe Menachem Schneerson, he writes, that receiving proselytes, or those who be believers in the God of Israel, is a purpose of exile. The only reason for which God exiled the Jewish people, or specifically this is the house of Jacob, among the nations of the world, was so that proselytes could be added to them. So teach our sages in the Talmud, Pesahim 87b. In the book, The Messianic Idea in Israel by Joseph Klausner, page 172, quoting from Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 56, which says, For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Here we see that the reception of proselytes is one of the signs of the redemption. In the book, The Messianic Idea in Israel by Joseph Klausner, page 479, he speaks about where the New Testament refers to proselytes. And he says that in the early period of when the Talmud was being written, there was a large group of semi-proselytes or half-proselytes. These persons were called variously by the terms devout ones, fearers, God-fearers, or worshipers of God in similar terms. They are mentioned a number of times in the book of Acts and also in the writings of Josephus. 
these God-fearers appropriated only the loftier ideas of Judaism, such as monotheism and the ethics of the prophets. Most of them kept the Sabbath and refrained from eating swine's flesh, but they did not observe the numerous ritual rules of Pharisaic Judaism. Do you know who we call these people today? Messianics or Hebraic roots of Christianity people. We are a sign of the redemption. In Exodus chapter 14 verses 1 through 3, we see that when the children of Israel left Egypt, they went and they camped by the sea, as it is written. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and camp before Pahahil, between Migdal, over the sea, over against Baal Zephon, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. Pharaoh is going to pursue the children of Israel. Exodus chapter 14 verses 5 through 7. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. Through this, the children of Israel are going to see the salvation of Yahweh. It says, in Exodus chapter 14 verses 10 through 13. When Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. See his salvation. The word salvation here is the Strong's number 3444. It's the Hebrew word Yeshua. See the Yeshua of our Lord. So this is a prophecy that even as the children of Israel were redeemed from Egypt and through that they saw the Yeshua of their Lord, it foreshadows that with the end gathering of the exiles in the end of days that they will see Yeshua. They will believe that he is the Messiah even as he prayed in John chapter 17 which he will show to you today for the Egyptians whom you have seen today you shall see them again no more for ever. In Exodus chapter 15 we see that Pharaoh and his army drown in the Red Sea while the children of Israel cross through on dry ground. Exodus 15 verses 1 and 4. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. Pharaoh's chariots and his host has he cast in the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the sea. Notice it was Pharaoh and his army that drowned in the sea. In Exodus chapter 15 verse 1 it says then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and they said I will sing. They sang I will sing. I will sing is future. It's alluding that what they sang there they were going to sing again in the future. And what is sung in the future is found in Revelation chapter 15 verse 3 and it's called the song of the lamb and they sing the song of Moses that's Exodus chapter 15 the servant of God and the song of the lamb that's Yeshua the Messiah saying great and marvelous are your works Lord God Almighty just and true are your ways thou king of saints this is 
who's quoting the words or making a reference to Exodus chapter 15 verse 11. The future redemption is like the Egyptian redemption and redemption is likened to a song. Hosea chapter 2 verse 15. I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor. Achor in Hebrew means trouble. It's a reference or an allusion to the tribulation period. The valley of Achor or the valley of trouble or the tribulation period for a door of hope. Hope is a reference to the end of the exile of the house of Jacob. And she will sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. Exodus chapter 15. Micah chapter 7 verse 15 says, According to the days of your coming out of the land of Egypt, will I show unto him marvelous things. According to those days is how I'm going to do it again. Will I show him marvelous things. The future redemption is called the song of of the Lamb. Psalm 137 verses 3 and 4 it says, For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mercy, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. So what is the song of Zion? Verse 4, How will we sing the Lord's song? The song of Zion is the Lord's song. The song of Zion is the song of the Lamb. Why? Because it's the Messiah who gathers the exiles of Israel. Israel. Revelation chapter 15 verse 3, that's why it says not only the song of Moses referring to the historical Egyptian redemption but the song of the Lamb which is the redemption that Yeshua the Messiah brings of the exiles of the house of Jacob in the end of days. It's the right hand or the arm that defeated Pharaoh and his army. Exodus chapter 15 verse 1, we're told how the horse and his rider is thrown into the sea. Then in verse 6 it says, Your right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed in pieces the enemy. Exodus chapter 15 verses 11 and 12. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. So victory came about by the right hand. The right hand is a reference to the Messiah, this is a prophetic foreshadowing that not only did the Messiah defeat Pharaoh and his army, but the Messiah is going to fight against the nations of the world in the end of days, and the Messiah is going to redeem his people. Once again, from Psalm 44, verses 2 and 3, we're told that the children of Israel defeated their enemies in the promised land not through their own strength and their own ability, but it was by the right hand and the right arm. And in Psalm 98 verse 1, it says, Sing unto the Lord a new song. The new song is the redemption of the end of days. And it says that his right hand and his holy arm has gotten him the victory. What's the victory? It's the redemption of his people, the ingathering of the exiles. In Exodus chapter 13 verses 20 and 21, in Exodus chapter 40 verse 34, we're told that when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they were led by the cloud of glory. 
and they took their journey from Sukkot. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In coming out of Egypt, they're led by the glory of God and that glory fills the tabernacle. In Exodus chapter 16, verses 7 and 10, we see that the glory of Yahweh sees and hears. And in the morning, then you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that you murmur against us? And it came to pass as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. So the glory of the Lord that's leading the children of Israel, that's appearing in the cloud, that's with them when they camp, he sees and hears. The glory of Yahweh is described as a consuming fire in Exodus chapter 24, verses 16 and 17, as it is written. And the glory of the Lord abode. The word abode is the Strong's number 7931. It's the Hebrew word shakan, which means to settle down, abide, dwell, or tabernacle. The glory dwelt. The glory tabernacled among Mount Sinai. And the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. Yeshua is the glory of Yahweh. Psalm 29 verse 3. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The glory of God thunders. What happened on Mount Sinai? There was thundering. The glory of God thunders. The Lord upon many waters. Ezekiel 43 verse 2. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east. Then Yeshua said he's got to come from the east. And his voice like the noise of many waters and the earth shined with his glory. Revelation chapter 1 verse 8 in describing Yeshua it says, I'm the Alpha for the Omega, or in Hebrew, the Aleph and the Tav, the first and the last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. The beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. In describing Yeshua, in Revelation 1 verse 15, it says, His feet like unto fine brass, as if they burn in a furnace. His voice is the sound of many waters. Cross-referencing that Yeshua is described as His voice is the sound of many waters. The voice of the Lord is described as the glory of God that thunders in Psalm 29 and verse 3. When the Lord builds up Zion, he will return in his glory. Psalm 102 verse 16. When the Lord builds up Zion, that's the ingathering of the exiles of Israel. When he gathers the exiles of Israel, he shall appear in his glory. When was he dwelling? When was his glory abiding with his people historically? After he'd redeemed his people from Egypt. So when has his glory got to be upon his people again when he redeems his people from the nations where they've been scattered in the end of days. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. What is the building up of Jerusalem or the building up of Zion? Psalm 147 verse 2. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. Then in Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 7. For I will restore health unto you and I will heal you of your wounds says the Lord because they called you an outcast saying this is Zion whom no man seek after. The glory of the God of Israel is associated with the end of the exile of Jacob. Ezekiel chapter 39 
9, verses 21 through 23, it is written, And I will set my glory among the heathen. Notice when he's judging the nations, specifically here, Gog and Magog, he's setting his glory among the nations, even as his glory was seen once he redeemed his people from Egypt. Ezekiel 39, verse 22, And they will know that I am Yahweh from that day forward. Ezekiel 39, verse 23, And the heathen will know that the house of Israel went into captivity because they transgressed against me. So when he redeems his people, the principle is his glory is upon his people. We can see this in Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 25, that when he sets his glory among the heathen, Ezekiel Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 21 that he's restoring and ingathering Jacob. Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 25 and he's gathering them and being sanctified in the sight of many nations. Ezekiel 39 27 and he's doing this by pouring out his spirit. Ezekiel 39 verse 29. In the Messianic era, the earth will be filled with the glory of Yahweh. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of Yahweh as the waters cover the sea. The tabernacle is the place of the dwelling of the God of Israel. Exodus chapter 25 verses 8 and 9. Make me a sanctuary that I may dwell. This word dwell is once again the Hebrew word shakan. It's the strong's number 7931 which means to settle or abide or to dwell tabernacle or reside make me a sanctuary that I may dwell according to all that I show you after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the instrument even so you shall make it so after he redeems his people he dwells with his people that is foreshadowing that after he redeems his people in the end of days he's going to dwell with his people that's why after he redeems his people he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives and Yeshua rules and reigns during the messianic era. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5 tells us that the earthly tabernacle is a shadow of the heavenly tabernacle. In John chapter 1 verse 14 when Yeshua came at his first coming we're told that he came and dwelt with his people. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. When he's dwelling with his people we beheld his glory. John 14 verse 23 Yeshua answered and said unto him if a man love me and keep my words that is follow Torah and my father will love him and will come unto him and make our abode with him Yeshua is going to dwell with his people during the messianic era when he's teaching the Torah to all nations from Jerusalem and there will be a messianic temple at that time Ezekiel 43 verse 5 it says the spirit took me up and brought me into the inner court and behold the glory of the Lord filled the house He's dwelling with his people. And he said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. When is this happening? In the Messianic era, Zechariah 14, verse 9. And the Lord will be king over all the earth, and that day there will be one Lord and his name one. So the conclusion of the book of Exodus is when the God of Israel is dwelling with his people in the tabernacle through his glory. Exodus 
Exodus chapter 40, verse 34. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. This is a foreshadowing that even as the God of Israel redeemed his people out of Egypt and then dwelt with them in the tabernacle with the conclusion of the book of Exodus, he's dwelling with his people. This is a prophetic foreshadowing that once Yeshua redeems his people from all the nations where they've been scattered in the end of days, that not only will he be dwelling with his people during the Messianic era, but the fullness of redemption, complete redemption, is when we arrive at the time of the new heavens and the new earth, and that is when he will permanently dwell with his people. Revelation 21 verse 23, in the city, that is the new Jerusalem, had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. The Lamb is Yeshua the Messiah. I pray that this message has been a rich blessing to you, and that from it we can see the patterns of exile and redemption from the book of Exodus, which foreshadows the redemption of the end of days that comes through Yeshua the Messiah. Well, that's going to conclude part seven of the series on the subject, Patterns of Exile and Redemption in Exodus. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.